Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Inspiring you to bring God back into the conversation of the day. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms now wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise. By your power, we will go. By your spirit, we are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Hey, good morning again. I'm Carmen LaBerge. You're listening to Hour 2 of Mornings with Carmen. And if you missed Hour 1, let me just say, I'm pretty confident it's worthy of your time. Um, So go back and listen to the podcast at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you subscribe to and download your podcast. Um, We would love for you to be subscribed to Mornings with Carmen. Love for you to be sharing this ministry with others. That's, uh, that is something that's, that'd be a great gift this Christmas. You, a gift you could give to me this Christmas would be, um, sharing the mornings with Carmen podcast with someone else. There you go. That's a, that's a thought. Um, so pizza hut, Paul and I discovered this yesterday. There is this reverse delivery doormat. It has a QR code on it. Delivery drivers can scan the QR code on the doormat, and then they can get a free pizza, which is so great. It's so it's like Pizza Hut giving customers a way to bless their delivery drivers by having this reverse delivery doormat. So when the delivery person comes to your door, uh, uh, whatever kind of delivery person, right? So if you're like me, you have delivery people of all varieties coming to your door, particularly those who bring books. So there you go. So all the delivery delivery drivers who come to your door could scan the QR code on your doormat and it would take them to a site where they could get a free pizza from Pizza Hut. Now, I discovered yesterday the catch. Um, And the catch is they're only giving away uh, 250 of these doormats and they're only doing it this week, 50 each day. And pretty much by the time you log in, it's too late. So uh, it it opened two minutes ago, and and already I'm getting a try again message. So they're already out of stock for today. So I'm not really advocating that you try to get a Pizza Hut reverse delivery doormat. I'm using this as a way maybe to inspire us to think about how we might share some love this Christmas. So I am sure that you have creative ideas. I am sure that you have experienced creative ways of giving at Christmas. And so I, I'd like to know what those are. Um, have you been blessed in a creative way? Maybe you've done the, that that drive-through thing where you pay for the order for the person behind you. Um, maybe you've done that. Maybe, um, maybe you do a reverse, some kind of like reverse um, Christmas event. So I, I have experienced this on a couple of occasions where instead of bringing a gift to an event, when you arrive, you discover that you're getting a gift. Um, All kinds of things like that. So I'm wondering, what is a creative way that you have experienced or seen or heard about uh, of blessing other people during the Christmas season? And maybe we could think about service workers in particular, like how do you go about blessing them? I mean, leaving a big tip is one option. Um, 
but are there you got other ideas um do you do maybe you do angel tree or maybe you do something like that maybe you participate in some kind of um some kind of toy drive i mean there's all kinds of things right that you could be doing i'd like to hear what the creative ideas are out there. So could you text me? 877-933-2484. What are the creative ways that you are seeing, experiencing, know about, hearing about creative ways of blessing people this Christmas? I was inspired to ask by Pizza Hut, who is apparently um, shipping out 250 reverse delivery doormats with a QR code on it. Which is it's just really a clever idea. And so there you go. Um in the in the negative spirit of clever ideas, uh there was a guy who was arrested yesterday. Um he was apparently putting his own barcode on onto gift cards. You know, when you go into virtually any establishment now and there's like that rack that has all those gift cards on it. Well, when you check out that gift card's barcode is what is loaded with that money. Well, he was going in and he was putting his own barcode over the barcodes on those on those gift cards. And so he was the one ending up with all that money in his account. Mm-hmm. It's a clever it's a clever way of um, of stealing money, um, but it is horrendously illegal. And uh, so we don't want you coming up with creative naughty ideas. I would like to know what the creative nice ideas are, though. So would you text me? 877-933-2484. How are you sharing the love this season? How have you seen it shared? Now, we're going to return quickly to a conversation that we started yesterday, and it's a conversation about person of the year. So I already told you, I gave you my Sunday school answer to the question yesterday, my person of the year this year, and my person of the year every year is the same person. It's Jesus. It is the year of the Lord. And I give it unto him every year as a year of the Lord, as a year unto the Lord. So Jesus is my person of the year. He makes the biggest impact in my life um, every single year, year in and year out. But I do recognize um, the conversation that happens in the culture about the person of the year. And so who is the person who most impacted the world um, in 2023? Who made the biggest difference in the world? We're going to talk more about that next with our friend Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families, Plugged In. All right, joining us now... Adam Holtz, he serves with Focus on the Families, Plugged In. You can find him and tons of great resources at PluggedIn.com. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Carmen. How are you? I am great. Diane in Fergus Falls offers us this. We we give money to shop with a cop so kids in need can do their Christmas shopping and wrapping with our local police officers. That sounds like a fun thing, right? Well, there you go. That's awesome. Gail... um, she uh, she gives uh, small gifts to people at the stores where that she frequently visits, especially the crabby ones. I don't know if that's the crabby stores or the crabby people, but there you go. And Shirley uh, puts gift-wrapped treats out for her delivery people. She says, I started oh, this in 2020, great. and sometimes I include my Bible verse cards from Faith Radio. Well, there you go. That's a good use of there those Bible go. verse cards from Faith Radio. I love that. Um, all right, Adam. 
Yes. Who, if you had, if you had been the person to select the person of the year for 2023, and you know, recognizing that I've already given the Sunday school answer of Jesus, who would right. your person of the year have been? Well, you may be deeply disappointed in me, but I probably would have picked Taylor Swift. And here's really? why. Yeah. All right. No, go, just go, in terms go, of not not necessarily as the most redemptive person. So I'm not coming from necessarily a Christian perspective, but in terms of the person who has had, I think the deepest impact on popular culture, Taylor Swift has been omnipresent. I mean, the tour, the songs, the albums in the world that I live in, nobody is, there's not even a distant second. Like she's lapped the field so many times that it's not even funny. Okay, so that framing of it in the world that I live in, that that is actually a great way to have this conversation with someone. So tell yeah. me, the world for the world that you live in, who yes. was the person of the year? Because I think that that makes it possible for people to tell us a little bit more about the world they live in. Um Versus the world writ large. Because if I were going to answer the question for the world writ large, Hamas has probably made the biggest impact on 2023 of any group of people. And again, not that's not a redemptive answer to the question. And nobody really wants to highlight them. So we're not having that conversation and we're not talking about them. But if we were going to be honest in the same way that Hitler made person of the year um, back during World War II, Hamas would, would probably rightly make person of the year this year but it's taylor swift because of the world that um the 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 editor-in-chief of time who who really chooses this person right he's a total fan he i mean if you read his write-up like he's all in this is his worldview and and here's the thing um when i say in the world that i live in my full confession is i have a 13 and a 15 year old daughter And Taylor Swift has been inescapable. I mean, it's just, uh, Taylor is it. And I have fought the battle from the plugged in perspective. And I have probably been on the, if you can't beat them, join them. Um, So we talk a lot about Taylor Swift. We talk about her songs. We talk about her worldview, use that word. And here's what I would say about Taylor in trying to explain her enormous popularity. I think it's, there are three or four things here that are really significant. Um, The time a person of the year article makes the case, and I agree with it, that she's a great storyteller. And I think, um, you know, Steve Jobs once said something to the effect that the storytellers are the ones who shape culture. And so she does a great job of, of telling the story. And For all intents and purposes, and I'm generalizing here, the story that Taylor is telling is some kind of version of Romeo and Juliet. Mm -hmm. Her her story is mostly a tragic story. And the tragedy of the story is the longing for love, the longing for transcendence, the longing for completion being thwarted. Now, Taylor Swift has been on the receiving end of more than a decade's worth of criticism that she's the one thwarting her story, right? It's like, okay, you have tragedy, but you're the one who is causing it because you're difficult. And even her song, 
you know, shake it, um, shake it off. I stay out too late, got nothing in my brain. That's what people say. I can't make them stay. Like she has had a meta kind of relationship with the culture where she is now to the point of fame where she's responding to people's opinions of her in her song. She had an entire album called Reputation. And, and she talks about this in the Time article. So I think that Taylor is certainly not a perfect role model. Her more recent stuff has had profanity. There is some, uh, at least allusions to casual sexual experiences. It's not typically super explicit. Uh, and I do uh, at some level appreciate she hasn't gone nearly as far down that road as some. But I think that that there's still that spark of part of her still wants happily ever after. And part of her is still sort of like the patron saint of the hope that happily ever after is possible. And we have seen that with her romance with Travis Kelsey this year. I mean, mm -hmm. she's been like an American princess, right? I mean, this is as close as we get to royalty in the United States is watching this thing happen with Travis Kelsey, which in many ways has been a pretty nice story up to this point. So there's a ton to critique. I think Taylor really is, I, I don't know her. Um, I think she longs for love. She longs for transcendence. She hasn't experienced that, but she keeps trying and she keeps telling stories about it. And on top of that, I think she's a really good songwriter. Like she writes catchy songs that you want to listen to. And because of that, there's an entire generation of girls who are seeking her and listening to her and relating to her as the voice of their hope, the voice of their experience, the voice of their pain. And, and I think that there's a lot to connect with there. And so my daughters and I talk about her all the time <laughs> And I'm happy to receive any criticism from anybody who would say, why on earth would you let your daughters listen to this? I, I get that. Um, we all have to sort of make those calls. But but Taylor is that voice in culture right now, uh, and she is at the top of the game. I remember um, having a conversation with one of the um, Ortland sons. So, you know, they're they're now all adults in their own right with ministries in their own right. And I can't remember yeah. which one of them um, was on and we were talking about this, but um, their dad would bring home the latest in whatever the, you know, the contemporary music was of the day and time and put the record on the record player and they'd all listen to it together yeah. and they, and they would talk about it. And so yep. if it was good I've enough, given my right children, word, yeah, I've given my children writing assignments. I'm like, all right, if we're going to listen to this, I want you to be thinking about it and I want to have, I want to engage with how you are perceiving this. So think about it. Now, does that mean that there's no negative influence there? I don't think so. <laughs> um, yeah. But we're, we're trying to engage. Yeah. And equip. And that's, so that's good. That's really good. Um, let's take a brief break. When we come back, let's jump into um, some of the things that are going on right now. Um, Prince of Egypt, the musical, the Jesus film is uh, animated. Uh, maybe we could look at some of the plugged in 2023 list reviews like music. There's a lot going on. So we're going to continue our conversation here in just a moment with Focus on the Family's plugged in 
Adam Holtz. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Feelings, nothing more than feelings. I mean, seriously, if all we had was nothing more than feelings, we would just be lost in a sea of mush. Hello, friend. Uh, I'm sure you have noticed by now that feelings are a terrible barometer of the truth. Our feelings are affected by the weather, world events, what we ate last night, whether or not someone we like or love texted or tagged us in a social post, how badly someone else sings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling lonely right now, I want you to ask yourself, am I really ever truly alone? Of course not. As a follower of Christ, Jesus promises to be with you always. He's literally with you right now in the thick of it, in the midst of whatever circumstances you're dealing with in your life. So I want to be a source of hope and encouragement to you today. If you are struggling to make it, even just to the next moment, if you're feeling lonely, text the word HOPE to 877-933-2484. Do you remember the guy that wanted to evangelize um, the North Sentinel Island, the people who lived there? This, uh, this goes back a, a couple of years Adam Holtz is here with us today. Um, Adam, tell us about The Mission. Yeah, The Mission is a documentary that is currently streaming on Disney Plus, and it's on the National Geographic channel, which National Geographic is owned by Disney, if you didn't know that. Uh, And this is the story of John Chow. And John was um, an amazingly earnest missionary-minded young man who decided that he wanted to evangelize North Central, excuse me, North Sentinel Island. It's a small island. It's about five miles long and four and a half miles wide, 750 miles off the mainland coast of India. It is completely and utterly cut off from humanity, like, you know, Stone Age kind of illegal to go there illegal to go there Mm -hmm. in 2018 john chow wanted to take the gospel there he was 26 and um and they killed him and obviously this brings to mind for those of us who are old enough to remember you know jim elliott and nate saint uh and their trip into the ecuador forest to do something similar and in fact they were some of of john's heroes Mm -hmm. So this documentary really attempts to unpack the complexity of his motivation, uh, what happened, what some other people think of that. And and I would say it's about 35 or maybe 40% sympathetic and 60 to 65% exactly what you would expect him to be. You know, we live in a world in which any kind of missionary endeavor is seen as colonizing, is seen as imperialist, is seen as racist. You know, you can put most of the ists that we talk about these days absolutely apply to anybody brazen enough to think that they have the answer and that it needs to be taken to somebody else. So there still is, I would say, a pretty deep undercurrent of that. But even apart from that, it's sort of the, ask the question, was this a a good or right or smart thing to do? And I think the film, you know, it it pretty much says no, uh, even though there are a number of Christians who say, I wish that I had 
John's boldness. I wish that I had his courage. I wish that I had his conviction. So it's more complex, I think, than than some things we might see. But I think there's also definitely a slant to this story that um, you may not completely resonate with. And I should also say, just content-wise, uh, I mean, it's sort of the old National Geographic stereotype of it has a lot of images of of native people who aren't wearing any clothes. So there's a fair bit of, of we'll call it native nudity um, in this. And it's, it's complicated. You can't go there, but they're trying to make a movie about this Island. And so we see images of other similar tribal peoples, that sort of thing. So um, interesting film, definitely a thought provoking uh, conversational piece. If you can deal with the worldview and if you can, can wrestle with some of that content. Yeah, definitely um, provocative and worth worth the conversation. Certainly worth the conversation. Um, yep. Prince of Egypt, the musical, and Jesus film gets animated. Yeah, Prince of Egypt, the musical. Um, it's been it's hard to believe it's been twenty five years since the original animated DreamWorks movie came out. Um, so dating and, me. And I, that is so dating I, me right now. Yeah. No, I mean I. I I get to feel old every day when I when my eyes come open and I feel my joints. That's my first moment. And then I read articles like this. I'm like, well, I guess 1998 was 25 years ago. Uh, this was a very creative animated take on the story of Moses. That um, There's an interesting article in the gospelcoalition.org that sort of asks the question, how much uh, dramatic and creative license are we willing to give a film like if it gets some things wrong, do we reject it uh, or, you know, kind of what's that balance? And I don't think there's one absolute answer here, but it was one that got a lot of things right. And this article talks about that. And likewise, this is a stage play of the movie that has now been turned into a movie. So it went from movie to play and now back to movie. Um, I think if you enjoyed the original, you'll probably enjoy this. I will say it's a little bit um, more, I'll call it little H humanist, um, not necessarily in an anti-God kind of way, but it really focuses on the story of Moses and his relationship with his brother Ramses and with his, you know, adoptive father, uh, the Pharaoh. Uh, and obviously his brother becomes a Pharaoh too. Um, and so it, it feels like it's a little bit less focused on Moses' relationship with God and more focused on those really close relationships in his life. So, very well done, creative, fun, musical. Uh, if you like stage plays, uh, this is an interesting one. So, but you you may not completely resonate with the spiritual perspective here. And then the Jesus film, with which we are familiar, oh yeah, is yes. is animated. What? That's right. Right, they're talking about um, releasing the animated version in 2025. So this mm. is advanced news. Get your calendar out. You know. Go get your buy your is this something crew has been is this something crew is yeah. doing yeah, yeah mean, that, that's, oh that's awesome yep yeah oh that's fantastic so this is uh i think a, an opportunity to once again take the story right back to your person of the year observation person of the decade person of the millennium person of history and tell his story and i think that animation actually affords a kind of creativity that sometimes live action doesn't, right? And so I'll be curious to see what they did with it. I think that, that was true of Prince of Egypt, the animated version too. 
it was a remarkable movie visually. I still remember, you know, did you see it, Carmen? Have you seen it recently? The Jesus film? No, the original uh, Prince of Egypt movie. I'm sorry, I've, I've reverted oh, back. Oh, sorry. Um, well, have I seen it recently? No, but I mean, I I remember it distinctly. It's not hard yeah. for me to call it forward in my mind. Yeah. I think that my favorite scene in that movie is when they're going through the Red Sea and it's parted and we see the silhouette of a whale swimming. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, it just gave me chills, you know? And and so I think animation affords those sorts of creative opportunities and I will be really curious to see what they do with it. It's so good. Um, all right. We are going to send people to PluggedIn.com in particular to read your write-up on musical uh-huh. musings of 2023. Um, but tell people tell people what is in there because th- this is kind of a gift that you have listened to all of these and therefore I can be more selective. Yeah. And, and let me just sort of um, zoom out or back out a little bit. Each year, we do a sort of top five list of things that we liked that year in each of the categories that we review. So um, we'll be doing our movies actually early next year for the Plugged In Movie Awards. But So we'll have the top five TV shows, uh, pieces of music, games, books, YouTube channels. So this week, we published uh, my article on music, uh, and I'm pointing out... Um, five different songs that that might be worth your consideration this year there's one from a band called the arcadian wild called dopamine which is sort of critiquing our engagement with screens uh lauren daigle has a lovely sound out a lovely song out called these are the days um i look at jj heller's song look for miracles uh nf who is a, a rapper he doesn't like to be called a christian rapper but he is a rapper who is a christian uh, singing about hope. Um, and then uh, Pharrell Williams joined a choir called Voices of Fire, and they did a song called Joy Unspeakable, which sort of fuses uh, contemporary, almost a hip-hop kind of vibe with traditional gospel. So you can read my write-up of each of those five songs and get links to our original and longer reviews of each of them, and then each of those other categories as well. It's so good. It's so good. Hey, as always, thank you so much. Um, do we talk to you again? Yeah, we talk to you again. You're going to talk to Paul oh, yeah. next Friday. Do we Do we yes. get to talk with you on the 22nd, right? It's also a Friday. Oh, yeah. Mm, are you still yep. around? Okay, I'll be good. here. Well, then I, I, won't miss you. I, I won't wish you Merry Christmas yet then. Okay. I'll just reserve good. that. I'll just hold it in reserve. But happy, happy Advent it. and happy Hanukkah. How about that? Thank you. Happy Advent. Yeah. <laughs> Advent, Advent, and Happy Hanukkah to you as well. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. That's our friend Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families, plugged in. Hey, we um we also want you to check out what um, David Jeremiah is doing over um at at their ministry site. Why the Nativity? It's a movie, um, a worldwide outreach going on this year, and we love um we love David Jeremiah and. We certainly want you to be aware of that. So why the nativity um, going on, whythenativity.org if you're looking for a ministry, a video ministry resource for this Christmas to do some outreach. All right. uh, Have you done your Bible reading review for 2023? Where in the word are you? We talk about that a lot. What books of the Bible have you read this year? Which ones have you studied? 
What passages have you memorized? Have you been doing the verse of the day? How about the reading the Bible together program that we offer uh, here at Faith Radio? Have you signed up for the recent one? We've got an Advent reading the Bible together program going on right now. We'll have another one um, coming soon. We need a plan and we need a community. Mary DeMuth is going to join us next, and we're going to talk about a 90-day Bible reading challenge. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Our friend Mary DeMuth is back. She is an international speaker and podcaster and author of, I don't know, some 50 books. Her latest book is 90 Day Bible Reading Challenge, and she's here to talk with us about it. Mary, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. So great to be here. Thanks for having me on again, Carmen. Absolutely. Okay, so um, you did this. You you have done this. You do this. Talk with us about why you first participated in this kind of thing where you read the Bible in 90 days and maybe how it changed your perspective on um, on engaging the Bible in this way. Well, it was about five years ago, and I noticed that a friend of mine was doing it. And so I thought, well, that sounds interesting. I'll try that. My first read through was about in about 60 days, which is even more crazy. And uh, it was it revolutionized my life. It's one of the best spiritual practices I've done. I, I usually go through it two or three times a year that way. Um, it just helps me to make the kind of connections between Old and New Testament and the story of God that I never had before when I would read it in a longer period of time. So one of the things that you're always helping um, people do uh, is to see our story um, in the bigger context of of the unfolding story um, of God. I'm wondering if reading the Bible in 90 days has had that effect for you. Like, has it helped you see yourself um, and see God in terms of what's happening in, in real time? It has. It helps me to place my feet in the middle of the story and also to realize that I'm not the central character, which is very Mm, important to remember, Um, that the Lord is the central character and it's his attributes and his compassion, his kindness, his relentless pursuit of his people. Um, You see it throughout the whole Old Testament of how he deals with the nation of Israel. And then you see it, of course, in Jesus. And he tells the story of leaving the 99 to chase the one. And that's the God that I fell in love with again and again and again as I rapid read the Bible. Oh, I like that language, rapid read. We're talking with Mary DeMuth. 90-Day Bible Reading Challenge is the book. Um, Yes, we do have copies to give away. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. You can also consider joining Mary for a collaborative 90-day Bible reading challenge for interested readers. You could sign up for that at marydemuth.com. Let's talk about the the actual like plan, the rhythm, like how much, how often, what's a day look like, kind of get us into it. Yeah. So it takes about, if you're an average reader, it takes about an hour a day. And so I encourage people to let go of something during those 90 days. And that's actually one of the best spiritual practices I've done is I've let go of social media or I've let go of Netflix. 
um, in order to accomplish it. I have it in three different readings, if that's helpful to you. I'm more of a person who will do it all at once, but there's a morning, noon, and night reading um, if you want to keep scripture throughout your day. And it's following the Bible Project's chronological plan with a few tweaks. Um, and so at the end of the day, I give you a psalm or two just in case you're like, slogging through Leviticus and you really need something encouraging. Um, there's all, you always end with a Psalm. Um, and so that's the format. And I have a small amount of, um, something that ties everything together for you that you can read. It's only a page. So it's not an extra lot of, uh, work. My editor told me she wanted something insightful and new on every page. So I basically had to write a some sort of commentary of the whole Bible when I wrote it, which was fun. Um, but I think it accomplished its goal and I'm really excited about it. So the um, 90 day Bible reading challenge, Mary DeMuth is the author. We are giving away copies today. So I don't want you to miss out on this. If you don't already have a plan for how you are going to intentionally engage with, with the scriptures in the new year, this is a this is a great opportunity. So text the word book to 877-933-2484. Mary, let's talk about the need for um, biblical literacy. Like we, we are a largely biblically illiterate people. Um, obviously, reading the Bible helps to resolve that. How does reading it rapidly um, improve biblical literacy? Well, I can attest for myself that it helped me improve my biblical literacy because when you, what we tend to do is we, you know, we go to church, we hear a sermon, we see, and you know, maybe a couple of verses at a time. We typically don't see them in context, and we typically don't read them in context. And so, when you read everything in context for ninety days, it helps you to see the context and to see that whole story um, played out before you. Um, but it also gives you a very strong overview of the themes of Scripture, of the theology you find in Scripture, and the biblical theology that's there. Um, super helpful. And that to me is helping us to become like the Bereans because there's a lot of lies and a lot of weird teaching going on out there. We need to be discerners of the truth. And if we have a full background of the entire Bible, it will equip us better. I want to talk with you a little bit about the connection just in your own spiritual life. Um, being engaged with scripture in this way, intentionally, every day, rapid reading, doing it multiple times a year, I I expect that this has influenced your prayer life as well. Mm -hmm. It has. It it helps me to remember, I, I'm thinking of Isaiah 43, 43 where uh, he talks about, um, don't call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I'm going to do something new. And you see this this pattern throughout scripture where God utterly surprises people. And I think what that's done for my prayer life is that I have oftentimes not let God be creative in his answer to my prayers. I prescribe to him the way in which I would like him to answer those prayers. And it's usually based on what I've already experienced, but the Lord often wants to do things new in our prayer life. And he often wants to surprise us with answers to prayer that we would not have expected. And so to have an open-handed and open-minded prayer life, that's what's changed for me. Mm. 
Um, when we come back from a very brief break, I'm wondering if um, we can pivot a little bit and just talk about Christmas. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So um, some of the things that Mary is up to that you may not be aware of, she um, she hosts the Pray Every Day podcast, um, and it's a daily prayer podcast. And I know that there are times in your life when you just feel like it would be really, really helpful to um, infuse your day with hope and truth and to recognize you're not alone. Um, and so let me commend to you, while you are at Mary's website, looking at everything related to 90-day Bible reading challenge, that you also um, check out and subscribe to her Pray Every Day podcast, because it's it's five minutes, it's a huge blessing, um, and it's a gift you can give yourself this Christmas. So there you go. We're going to continue our conversation with Mary DeMuth in just a moment. We are giving away copies of... 90-day Bible reading challenge. Just text the word book to 877-933-2484. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Listen to Faith Radio live or on demand no matter where you go. Download the free Faith Radio app at your app store today. We're talking with Mary DeMuth. Um, she is, among other things, the author of 90-Day Bible Reading Challenge. That's what we're bringing into focus today. We do have copies to give away. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. You can join Mary for a collaborative 90-Day Bible Reading Challenge in January, starting in January, if you are interested. And you can sign up for that at marydemuth.com. Um, Mary, you have written... I don't know, something like 50 books. And I feel confident that somewhere along the way, you've had something to say about Christmas. I I have, definitely. (laughs) Maybe not in my books, but in my blogs. And I've thought a lot about it, actually. So I'm so glad you're asking me this. Yeah, I mean, we're we're in the season of Advent, and it just seems like we'd be remiss not to have a conversation about Christmas. So what's on your heart? What's on your mind? What are you thinking about? Well, I'm actually painting through Advent on my Instagram account, and uh, I have Advent cards okay. available in that my so art cool. store. <laughs> what? Yes, right, now I'm so now fun. I'm looking on my phone. Go, I can I can look at Instagram while we're talking. Go ahead. You can absolutely. So if you go to at Mary Demuth, you'll see the first eight or so or seven or so of those. Um, and anyway, so what I did with those and how it has helped me is. I looked at Jesus being the fulfillment of Old Testament scripture. And so you will see there, um, and it's at, at Mary Demuth on Instagram. You can see just the different paintings that I did as a representation. And then I decided to make them into cards to help families talk about it. But to me, it's super fascinating to have that conversation with our families of Jesus is not just this savior who came wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger. Of course, he is all of those things, but he's also a fulfiller of an obscene, almost obscene amount of scripture uh, prophecy. He's It's so amazing to study his life and how his life is that fulfillment. And so that's one aspect of Christmas that I think we don't talk about much, but it it's kind of a way to solidify your faith, to look at all of these prophecies and predictions and see how he beautifully fulfills them. Okay. That is so fun. Um, So thank you. First of all, that is such a gift. That's so fun. All right. So you should follow Mary on Instagram at Mary DeMuth. Um, 
D-E-M-U-T-H, if you're looking for the spelling for that. All right, we do have a friend on the text line asking a question. So now we're going to pivot back here just for a moment, uh, Mary. Um, This friend says, um, I've never done a Bible reading plan. I have Mm. a hard time um, reading, just reading, without wanting to stop and study or read footnotes um, in my study Bible. So am I supposed to read for comprehension or just read? Could you ask Mary? So Mary, there you go. Yes. Well, she is my husband. That's exactly how he is. And I can tend to be that way too. And so my advice is you are to read, to get it, to have speed, to get through it. But I have a hack and the hack is to either get a Bible with wide margins, um, but no commentary and write your questions as they come. Or if you don't have that, then get a little pad of paper. And anytime you have a question or like a thought, like this seems interesting or a connection that you've made, um, then write it down in that little notebook. That way you won't have that fear of I'm going to lose everything. Uh, The goal here is to read. And I'm very happy to announce that my husband, who is a theologian, he has told me he's just joined. He is going to do the 90-day Bible reading challenge, which I think will be hard for him because of his theological ways. And so I'm going to encourage him not to use his net Bible, the new English translation, because it's almost all commentary and to just grab um, a a plain Bible without commentary in it. That will also help him. All right. And then a follow-up question from a listener who said, when Mary um, said that it was a chronological reading, what what does that mean? This is a good question. Yeah. So a lot of times if you get a one year chronological Bible, you will see this kind of plan. And so it's, you will typically, although I've pulled Psalms out, you'll see the Psalms in the order that they are written. So if you're reading first Samuel and you're reading about King David, you'll also read his Psalms at the same time, just so you get that um, idea in this particular plan. Um, it's a little jumbled, like you're not reading Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, you are actually reading the Pentateuch like that. But when you get to the Samuels and the Chronicles and the Kings, it's a little bit different um, in terms of where you would read them. Uh, And that's basically it, but you will get through the whole Bible, but chronology means timeline. And so you're trying to get from in the beginning, (laughs) you start at the beginning, and then you're going to end, obviously, you will end in Revelation, because that is the end. Um, Mary, when we, as we approach Christmas, you know, there's just so many um, conflicted feelings. I mean, I just, I know a number of people who, you know, they'll say, I I don't even want to celebrate Christmas. It brings up so many negative memories or memories of individuals with whom I'm, you know, now estranged or, or who, so can you address that? Because this is another subject matter area where you are such a gentle guide. Yeah. First of all, be gentle with yourself and recognize what your triggers are. Recognize that this is painful. And my encouragement is to lament 
And uh, in the Psalms, there are several, um, more than a handful of lament Psalms, and you can Google lament Psalm. They have a very specific structure where you begin with honesty, like how long, O Lord, how long? And then uh, you talk to the Lord about all the things that are going wrong. This This relationship is not reconciled. It's breaking my heart. And then the last three parts of the lament Psalm are a shifting but I know your character, but I will trust in you, but I will praise you. I will choose to sing to you. And so oftentimes what I will do is I will take people through this exercise. I will have them read through a lament Psalm, and then I will have them copy it, not down from what the psalmist has said, but in your own words, what are you lamenting? And what I found is a lot of times that we have these problems at Christmas, it's because we have unrecognized or unprocessed grief and writing a lament song, your own lament psalm will be a pathway to healing. Mary um, blogs regularly and she writes a lot. Um, and if if you have some unresolved trauma, she is a really wonderful, good, and gentle guide. MaryDemuth.com is where you'll find lots of resources um, related to a range of topics. Again, we are giving away copies today of Mary's most recent book, 90-Day Bible Reading Challenge. We're doing it now in order that um, we can get you to engage in the 90-Day Bible Reading Challenge, you know, the first of the year. So um, you can text the word book to enter the drawing for the copies we have to give away today, text the word book to 877-933-2484. You can also sign up um, to participate in a collaborative 90-day Bible reading challenge um, with Mary at marydemuth.com. Mary, what a delight. Thank you so much. Um, Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas to you. And as the French say, Joyeux Noël. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, can you translate that? Because, you know, that... (laughs) That might be you might be saying something that I need I need to know. <laughs> it basically means joyous Christmas or joyous advent. <laughs> I love that. Is your is your heritage French? No, but my husband and I and our kids were church planters in France uh in the mid 2000s. Wow. Okay, now there's a fascinating story that we should hear. Could we talk about that the next time you 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 join us, which should Absolutely. be sooner rather than later? All right. <laughs> Let's fantastic. do it. Let's do it. Well, well there you go. We're going to add uh we're going to add experienced church planter to the list. That's Mary Demuth. You can visit with her and check out everything she's up to at Mary Demuth. D E M U T H dot com. Um wow, learning um learning new things every day about one another. Thank you um Thank you so much for the time that you invest uh, and that you share with me here. I receive it as a gift, a real gift. Um, I don't take it for granted. Paul Perot and I find this to be a great, um, a great privilege to join you wherever you are, like literally geographically wherever you are, but also like wherever you are in your journey of discipleship. And some of you are kicking the tires and looking around the edges and hoping to find hope. And so to you, um, I, I'm so grateful um, and I pray ardently that God would reveal himself to you this Christmas season in ways that will surprise and delight you. And for those of you who already know the good gift of God in Jesus Christ, I invite you to um, start unwrapping that publicly 
in ways that people who have not yet seen Jesus for who he is can begin to do so. Like, what would that look like? What would that look like for us to um, love to tell the story, the old, old story, in a contemporary context, in ways that people who do not yet know the love of God in Jesus Christ would be drawn to the manger throne. What um what fun we've had um, this week. I'd love for you to share the show with someone else. You can do that by inviting them to um, download the Faith Radio app or subscribe to Mornings with Carmen wherever you get your podcasts, and then you could share that with someone else as well. It'd be a wonderful gift um, that you could give to us this Christmas. Hey, we um, we got a great week planned next week. Uh, Paul Perot will be hosting because I will be in Orlando with my grands. Have a great weekend and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.